He's in flannel. He's sitting across from me on Zoom. He's Jordan Apps. Hi. <laughs> Hello. Hey, baby girl. Just taking a big gulp of water. How are you? I'm good. I'm hydrating. Uh, how are you doing? This is your first podcast recording since turning the age of 31. I don't, don't. Don't you dare. You can you can bleep that out. You can bleep the age out in post. I'm going if I took enough time to edit this podcast, I would. <laughs> yeah, I'm 31 now, which is really cuckoo kachu. Yep. Um I was talking to my parents on the weekend. They're like, we went for dinner and they were so cliche and they were like, So how does it feel? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, feels the same. Yep. But we've said this before, and maybe I'm de- fucking deluded, but like I f- physically, I don't feel 22, but mentally I feel like we're st- very young, which yes. obviously just confirms that age is nothing but a number. It's true. That's the learning lesson of the day. And as I was saying before we started recording, it's a very haunting um, <laughs> camera setup that Jordan has today because over his one shoulder is just these very... They go in and out. They're balloons, balloons that Tom brought to you on Saturday. And they now they keep making their way into the frame in and out. Yeah, it they've haunted me. They also are close to a wall where they start to scrape. Mm-hmm. And then it's just in the middle of the night. I'm like, <laughs> this is our Dorinda Medley and Richard Red Balloon moment. I think this is the spirit afterlife. Tom comes up. to see me <laughs> when when they sway and I and I feel it. Yeah, a part of his soul is in those balloons. Did you have fun? I did. (laughs) That was so threatening. No, it was such a good weekend. I had such a great time at the party. It was was a wonderful time. I did not have a drop of alcohol because I don't do that. No, I definitely had a drop or two. And it it was so much fun. I think it was a night that was well needed. Did you have fun? I did. I did. I think it was chaos personified, but in the best way. And, you know, I almost wish the, the, the party at the house was a bit longer because like people could have mingled more. I could have not had stress, but you know what? That's (laughs) my life. That is my life. You can't get away with having like hosting something without a little bit of stress. And I think the stress there came with the, the time turnaround. It was the time, the tight time turnaround, and it was also the um, combination of people which went across swimmingly, but I'm always very nervous when I have people who I don't see every day like you or other people with those people. Yeah. And I just like to watch all the pots on the stove and make sure everything is doing okay. And I think that all the pots were fine and there was no over bubbling or boiling and yeah, everyone really got along from what I could see. Minus mm-hmm, that huge please. fight between... No, there was no huge fight. <laughs> please ignore the Slack notifications coming in. You know, it's just always on here. Mm, so I got a work notification on my end too. And I was like, I hope you didn't hear that. I hope you didn't hear mine. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're both safe. It's safe. It's a safe space for Slack and for work. Um. I think we can get right into it today if you want. You came up with this topic last week early. You were like, next week, you know what we're going to talk about? And I said, what? And I said, scream. 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 
Which is good timing because this is the week that it looks like Paramount is slowly starting to like begin the promotional phase of this next film coming out slowly. I think, I think that's actually a great segue. Cause I want to ask you mm. who I think you're more in tune with like that kind of stuff than I have been lately of like production aspect, but like, mm-hmm. cause I know we've talked a bit about like the script that allegedly leaked and like the cast and the directors and like what we want from it. Cause I do think Scream is that weird franchise where unlike Halloween, that's, I I mean, this with all due is almost a parody of itself at this point. And that can be good or bad for some fans. I do think Scream because there's so few films, unlike uh, comparable horror franchises that with just four and arguably it's, really three of them being good for most people and that depends on the three that you choose yeah i think there is a bit of a like a we really we would need this to quench our thirst with scream five mm-hmm. or as they're calling it scream so which that's tough <laughs> where what are your hopes and dreams oh it's hard it's like this is a franchise that really took off because of how like self-referential it was and how like observant it was of actual pop culture in the real world of like horror films and everything. But I think that in like today's modern society is already so self-referential and so like astute that any attempts to kind of like really seem current could go over poorly. Like, I don't think four is dated per se, but I do think that they were really trying to capture the same vibe but apply it to 2011, which I don't know for me, it, for me, it like reads the most dated of the four films, despite the fact that it is the most recent. Yeah. I say you have an online film club, which doesn't really exist anymore, but was probably very, I mean, it's like film Twitter, I guess, but mm-hmm. like we don't meet in a zoom. I mean, yeah. probably some people do. I don't, but I think, I agree with you that even if this tries to be as self-referential as they all are, Mm -hmm. that's tough because now with technology, uh, I sound like my father now Mm. with technology, you're dated as soon as the technology comes out because it only advances itself. So the great thing about scream one and even scream two is that it's not really based around technology except for phone calls, which remain the same unfortunately Mm -hmm. so i agree with you i think my hopes and dreams because someone brought this up on twitter recently and i actually agree and we've talked about this before yeah excluding the shanae grimes of it all the opening kills of scream 4 and even kristen bell i would say but it's i don't love scream 3's opening either but scream 4 just really belabors the point of what we're trying to do here and i understand mm-hmm. what they were doing with the opening but the iconography of one will never be matched no. and two is iconic in its own right but it's mm-hmm. different and it works really well yeah i just want something from 5 that's like holy fuck i know i it's you know yeah, four, they got too smart, smart with it. That was them being like, how do we have an original spin on this opening scene? 
what if we do a movie within a movie within a movie? Like it's a little bit too much for me, but even that one, they ended up reshooting the whole actual kill scene. Remember it? Cause like, what are their mm-hmm. names? Jenny and Marnie. The original one is better than the one that made it to the theater personally. Which I, would, I just would love to know what the test audience were saying and then why they act. Truly. But like, this is like, I mean, not to get all dark, but these movies up until this point have been completely um, or had been completely like shadowed by the Weinsteins. Right. Mm -hmm. And specifically like their relationship with Kevin Williamson was not the best. I think he was fully removed from four at some point. There was some weird tension and Mm -hmm. I think it shows in the final product. And I don't even dislike the fourth one. Let me just make that clear. But there are um, negatives to it. The Vaseline lens. Oh my God. The wardrobe. The 45 different characters. The everyone is in the movie. Everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a those are my main issues. <laughs> I mean, there's there's more, but that's what <laughs> yeah, I Yeah, there's definitely more, but um <laughs> you you can never really capture the like success of the first film in this franchise, I think. That's never gonna be done again, even though. In my opinion, the second one is my favorite. The first one, like those first 10 minutes alone, classic, timeless, will never be beaten. Drew Barrymore. It earns the five stars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like truly, if I could nominate Drew Barrymore for a Best Supporting Actress nomination back in time, I would fully do it for this film. I mean, we've talked about it before, but yeah. like the I the I the, her resume. It's damn good. And that's the fucking cherry on top. And mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, I mean, we can get into the first movie now. Let's but get like, into it. The way, th- and also we wanted to talk about this day. Obviously, we're on the heels, the heels of October. So, boo bitch. <laughs> get ready, we're girlfriend. Spooky. <laughs> so, Josh and I love Scream so much, obviously, and I know she's listening, and I just want to say, say thank you to Sarah Gahari for getting me a Scream shirt for my birthday. <laughs> thank you, Sarah. Um, but we both love these movies so much, and I think we can see where today goes, but we can talk about the first one. We can talk about all four, which was probably what will happen. But beginning with the first one, I mean, it's at the point of, like, you can't, it doesn't even need to be spoken about anymore because I think everyone understands that the opening 10 minutes of Scream is inarguably one of the best openings in all of film, especially yeah. horror. Yeah. But like you're saying, the performance that Drew gives, I think is maybe like underrated. Mm-hmm. It is everything that you want to capture your attention. Like, yes, the the tension is great and the buildup is fantastic and the script is good too. But like without her leading the way with her performance that gives it gives you vulnerability it Mm. gives you fear it makes you root for her it's like I don't know in my opinion it's the best performance in the film and they all give good performances but like Drew is just so powerful the power that she exudes and it's really crazy because I also mean this with the utmost respect this talk show is honestly the craziest thing i've ever seen on television yeah and uh, someone tweeted this but whoever gave it to her like god bless because it's it's (laughs) 
levels of uh, comedy that I've never seen. <laughs> but it uh, for me, it unfortunately, it doesn't tarnish Drew because I think Drew is such an icon, even yeah. in this realm, like with the talk show, it's kind of amazing. Mm-hmm. But I think um, what I find so fascinating is that it hits every beat. So mm-hmm. yes, it's iconic. Yes, it's genuinely, I wouldn't say terrifying because I've seen it so many times. You have to, the Mm -hmm. sounds coming out of my computer right now. But what I think it does the best is really like the iconography of like Drew's outfit, the Mm -hmm. hair, the setting, the scene, the popcorn, the popcorn, everything is Halloween costume, right? Like every moment is there's so many other moments in the franchise as a whole, but like that first 10 minutes, the poster, mm-hmm. which is Drew as well, the way they marketed it, as we all know, famously is that Drew was like presented kind of as the lead. And then mm-hmm. he was surprised that she died, which if I could go back to that time and be old enough to have seen it in the theaters and like yeah. understood the marketing and went in and being like, holy fuck, they just killed off the lead 10 minutes in. Where are we going? <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think like of other iconic horror movie opening scenes that could rival this. And the only thing I can think of is maybe Jaws, like, which Mm. I think is really great, but in my opinion is not as um, loved by me compared to this one. But when people kind of talk about great opening scenes of horror films, this is the standard from what I agree. I know I completely agree. And Mm. I think that's because it's a film within a film, right? Like you have, we get to meet Drew's character, whose name I should have etched into my Casey memory. Becker. Casey Becker. You literally, John- sidebar, <laughs> Jordan literally won a Best Dressed Halloween contest oh. two years ago. I don't know, in pandemic dates, dressed yeah. up as this very character. Okay. <laughs> I, don't like to, I don't like to toot my own horn often. But I served it up on that stage <laughs> that night. <laughs> yeah, there was blood on the walls. I to also be everyone's give everyone who we were with that night their due. You were dressed up as an ass at the ask Jeeves. Ask Jeeves, yeah. Emoji guy. It was iconic. Yeah. Sashin was literally Beyonce made the costume itself. <laughs> iconic. I was in the cheapest wig. <laughs> like I look good. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. I, I killed it. But we were at the bar and the 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 person putting together, I'm gonna to say a talent show, mm-hmm. was like, Do you wanna do you wanna compete in best costume? And I said, Absolutely. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, I do. <laughs> Luckily, I wasn't um what's the word I'm gonna use at the level of intoxication that I was this past weekend. <laughs> so I was able to kind of secure the moment and yeah. like also, truth be told, there was like 20 of us in that bar that night that yeah. like, we leveled up, leveled up the cheers. We helped sway but... the, the wind. We were Mama, a win is a win. A win <laughs> is a win. Um, exactly. No, but yeah, it's... I was going to say, though, before we started recording, I fully gave Josh this topic. And then I was like, by the way, I didn't watch it this week. And Josh was like, well, you've seen the movie, right? Mm-hmm. And then the first thing, Jordan's like, Drew's character. (laughs) She is, she has a name. What's her name? And she wears it well. (laughs) I also would love to live in a world, like, this is just my own, like, side antidote. But if Mm -hmm. she, the character also existed throughout the movie, I would love to see what that would have looked like, you know? 
I want to see her interacting with Nev Campbell. It's just like, uh, so you go to the year in which it came out and obviously Drew, it's even now, obviously, like literal icon status, mm-hmm. like huge movie star. Nev, huge TV star. Everybody else, huge like celebrity in their own elements. Mm-hmm. I mean, fucking Courtney Cox, like one of the, on the biggest TV show of the moment at that time. Yeah. So the celebrity behind it was huge too, which is fascinating because it is a movie that works with its cast. You're never like, oh my God, it's too many famous people all at once. Mm -hmm. Because we have those movies that exist and, or TV shows, let's say Nine Perfect Strangers, where it's like a whole ensemble. And maybe that gets in the little bit of of the way of what you want to watch. But yeah. Like, I never see Drew as Casey. I genuinely see Casey. Mm-hmm. And I see Nev as Sydney. And I see Courtney as Gail. Like, yeah. I genuinely believe them all as their characters. That's probably my only issue with Scream 4 is that I see Courtney. I don't really see Gail anymore at that point. Yeah, you just kind of see, like, oh, 10 years later, they're back. Well, I mean, one, two, and three were filmed with or f- filmed and released within, I'm going to say six or seven years, probably. Like the second one, literally, they like threw it later. together. Yeah. They yeah. like within a year, it was out. And then the and third then, one was in 2000. So it was three years after that. So 1996, 97, and 2000. Okay. So my math was off, but like four years. You give yourself also some the- kindness. Yeah. The fact that they filmed, produced, edited, and got Scream 2. Scream 2. Mm-hmm. Not I Know What You Did Last Summer Still. Yeah. That's not the, the title. That's the third still, one. Title. I Know What You Did Bye. Last Summer. Still. Still. But yeah. And that when Scream 2 was the one where the script like fully leaked onto the internet, which at mm. the time was blossoming into what it is now. But Because yeah. remember, the original killers were supposed to be Hallie and Derek. Yes. Or Hallie and, I don't know, Hallie and Mickey or Hallie and Derek. I know Hallie was one of them. Well, I mean, what a way to, uh, I guess we're on to Scream 2 now. We'll go back and forth. Literally, we're just, we're watching the pots. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Please bear with us. To have the killers leaked and Mm. then to rewrite it, presumably, and give us the killers that they gave us, which arguably is infinitely better. Like, did they just have Laurie Metcalf on speed dial and they were like, script leak? Don't worry. I know a woman. (laughs) We don't need her for much. So Scream 2 is your favorite. It's also my favorite. I think I have a soft spot for four. Mm -hmm. One is always in like every year we're going to see this in a week on Twitter. Everyone's going to rank their the Scream movies the way that Mm -hmm. they rank them. You rank yours right now. Right now. Two, one, four, three. Correct. I agree. Twenty one forty-three. Yeah, I think that two is the best in that it gives you great set pieces that are thrilling and also tense, which is great. And the characters I really like in two, even if like they might not be as fleshed out as maybe one gave the characters, but Mm. whatever. One is, I mean, come on now. She's that classic girl reinvented the whole thing four has very weak spots but it has a amazing iconic killer reveal in emma roberts like that's where i think four wins its audience yeah 
I think yeah. if it didn't have that, it would have been a little rough, a little rough. Yeah. But Jill as a character is fantastic. And then three, three I like, but it's just not like a scream movie to me. It's a Scooby-Doo movie with Parker Posey literally carrying the whole thing on her back. What? I wish, and I know Scream 3 now is starting to have its fans a little bit. I will never see it for myself. But I do think I wish that Parker was in one of the other movies. I know. Like the talent there was, it was like the perfect role for her, but it wasn't the perfect movie for her. Because at its core, I really like the idea of Scream 3. The movie within the movie like we're also working with the doubles of each character which sets itself up for so much fun and we get yeah. that with the courtney and the parker posey of it all and gail they, weathers yeah they work so well off each other like mm-hmm. the perfect pairing great chemistry but then we have an opening with patrick dempsey like and that's tough and no, patrick Potter. dempsey's not in the opening that's lee of schreiber's <gasps> in the opening no, isn't it Patrick Dempsey too? No, because Cotton Weary gets killed in the opening scene of Scream 3. Okay, so I need to revisit Scream 3. And I'm going to edit that part out. And maybe I'll keep it in. And remember... Um, no, Patrick uh, Dempsey is the husband on the way home. No, that's that's still Lee of Schreiber. Oh, <laughs> Patrick Dempsey <laughs> plays the detective that Nev or Sydney yes, has yes. like romantic uh, chemistry with. And then Lee of Schreiber is Cotton Weary and... His wife is played by, I forget her name, but she was the mom in Gossip Girl, Serena's mom. Oh, not Monica Potter. I know. No, not, <laughs> not Monica uh, Potter. Christine. No, that's the name of the character. Um, but I remember well. the opening scene is lame, but she is like, I'm in a scream movie. I'm going to fucking scream. She's serving it up. Yeah, she that, served it up. She, when she screams, when she gives the titular role in that scream that she gives out, that's, it's good. Everything oh else in that opening scene, not good. There, there is this one of the movies. Courtney screams so loud, mm-hmm. and it's not dubbed. I think it's Scream One. Uh huh. That's my story. My favorite thing in Scream One is on the subject of screaming. I mean, mm. Linda Blair has that cameo as a reporter in mm-hmm. like the opening, um, like half an hour. And she is like the most intense, unprofessional news journalist I've ever seen in film. Cause she literally runs up to Sydney and she's like, Sydney, how does it feel? And like her voice just like cuts up into the octaves where she's just shrill and like literally berating Sydney at this point. But I love it every time I laugh. What's the Rose McGowan quote of like, bam, bam Sydney down. down. Oh, bam, bitch went down. Bam, Sid, super bitch. Yes. Yeah. <sighs> Which also, we have to shout out Rose as a great best friend character in Scream. Tatum, you know, great death scene. Good character. Sharp. Sharp, funny, mm-hmm. iconic outfits. Give gave, gave cinema one of its iconic mm-hmm. kills in the garage. And I will never forget my mom was like watching, I'm going to say like, I'm pretty sure it was scary movie because I remember it being Janet. I forgot her name, her last name. Um, I forget as well. From Hairspray. Yeah. She's in scary movie. The musicals. She does, yeah. She does the garage thing, which mm-hmm. fine. But I remember like 
genuinely being scared of that scene when I was a kid. And I was like, oh, this is actually what, when terrifying. she's like, horsey, you scared me too. <laughs> I mean, that's actually interesting to talk about for a little bit. Is that, and I mean, we talk about this all the time, but like Scream, obviously successful in what it does. And then the first scary movie, incredibly successful for yeah. what it does with Scream. Yeah. Hmm. Like the filmmakers are probably like, God damn it. Because how do you parody a movie that's not parodying horror movies, but is already kind of like satirizing them in a way? Well, that's what's also interesting about the fifth one where it's like, and we've talked about this and I just said that we've talked about this before, but the horror genre now obviously exists. Obviously it, it, I mean, if you listen to the last episode, it now exists to malignant the queen of the horror genre, but yeah. 1997 was so uh, so different when Scream had come out. 97? Uh, December 96, so by 97. Yeah. yeah. Also, Christmas movie. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> Wild. I know. Also, just like side note, go look up, if you can, the box office numbers for Scream 1, just like the daily stuff, because like the way it builds, especially during the holidays for mm-hmm. a horror movie, is fascinating. and Top like, of the charts will never exist again in the way that stuff performs, but it was just so interesting. Um, mm-hmm. But the way it had to have a satirization, I guess, of the slasher genre and mm-hmm. how it kind of died off at that period of time and the the sequels of it all, the repetitiveness of it all, especially yeah. with uh, Wes Craven at the helm of the movie and coming from um nightmare on Elm street and mm-hmm. the hills have eyes and all that kind of stuff where does scream five fit in this and obviously the directors who directed ready or not incredibly capable but i'm very interested to see because scream four was more a satirization of reboot culture yeah. and also i guess social media it had like a pov on what was like happening at the time and it was trying to display that in many ways. And like, it did through Hayden uh, Panettiere's blazers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That Again, outfit choices were made. A night of a thousand Hayden Panettiere. A night of Nev Campbell just wearing blue pajamas for the whole movie. Like it, it's not any night that I want to live again. And I'm praying that whoever oversaw wardrobe for five, that's all I really want from five. 2011 is defined by Scream 4. Yeah. The way we were just at the cross-section of fashion where, like, we mm-hmm. were just... We were yeah. barely escaping the long dresses over the jeans in the <laughs> 2000s. Heavy necklaces. And, yeah, and we weren't quite at the Kelly Clarkson belts and uh, no. Target wear, but we yeah. were in that weird, like, let's dress them up, but, like, not really care. Because, like, Courtney's yeah. outfits are whack, too. And this is coming from, like this has been beat to death on mm-hmm. Twitter, but like Gail's first outfits in one and two are so iconic. Yeah. The yellow suit, the red suit, the leather jacket at the end, mm-hmm. Gail with the red streaks and uh, scream two with like the white shirt and the <sighs> sound booth. Mm-hmm. Iconic. Yeah. Four, they were just like jackets and layers. They put Alison mm-hmm. Brie in this weird white <laughs> getup. Very like... Was- just gonna say marshmallow man inspired i can't even name anything else to her look beyond that white jacket i fucking wish we were friends because the commentary we would have had oh my god like i mean we have it now but like mm-hmm. 
it's obscene to me. And while I'm on the subject of Alison Brie, while we said about Parker Posey deserving a better film, I think Alison yes. Brie truly deserved a better film as well. I mean, on paper, you have Alison Brie and Courtney Cox, which, I mean, community is of to a much lesser success yeah. than Friends. But acting wise, they do remind me a little bit of each other and they work what we see in Scream 4, they do work well off each other-ish. But 29 script... seconds that we get. Yeah. <sighs> Allison's game. Allison's always game, I think. And she was really, she, she gave her all. She did. We did get that iconic EW Scream 4 photo shoot with Nev, yeah. Courtney, David. And that was it. And the kids, you know. It's kind of weird that Drew is never included in like the reunion of it all. Obviously mm-hmm. she dies in the first one and she wasn't in the other one. So I yeah. understand my point, but I wish she was included. <laughs> but now it's weird because in this talk show, she's the one doing the most press for this upcoming movie. It feels like any second she gets. Is she? Like, well, she's had a couple people on from the upcoming film and she's always like scream fives coming up. And really, she is your only news outlet at this point that is talking about it. Okay. Um, Question for you. Apart from... Uh, Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I was going to say something. Hold on. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Don't interrupt me like I interrupt you. (laughs) What if they brought Drew back for another opening? Playing herself? No, but like... Drew as Casey is one thing, but we have Drew again as somebody else. I think it might get too smart there, too meta. I'm curious. I was curious going into five as if I've already seen it, which I haven't, but like (laughs) if they were going to do like a new nightmare with it and have like Nev play Nev Campbell and Courtney play Courtney, because at a certain point I was like, how many times can these poor characters get tormented by people wearing ghost face masks? Well, and then that's what we'll get to your question that you're going to ask me in a second, but that's where the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not the legacy, but like, so in Scream 4, the opening, I take literal, meaning there's 17 different stab Mm -hmm. movies and all of that exists in this universe. So then I think it's like uh, Anna Paquin's character who those three minutes are really tough for me, but (laughs) Shit, that's it's so bad. Yeah. Shut the fuck up and watch the movie. <laughs> and she, they got the brunt end of the wardrobe as well. They, by the time they oh. filmed their stuff, they were just given a couple. They threw those tank tops at them, and they said, "Spaghetti strap." <laughs> do we have a? Do we have two tank tops on set? <laughs> going to going to Shanae's trailer. <laughs> I just. They say something of like, oh, that's the one where they go to space or that's the one where it's the one Mm -hmm. where it's the one. And I'm like, okay, like, obviously we're like making jokes of like sequels Uh as a whole. But like, at what point do we take the stabs? Literally, I guess. I don't know. Sorry, what were you going to ask when I interrupted you? I was going to ask, okay, outside of Casey Becker, what is your Mm. favorite kill from across the series so (gasps) far? And then second question, who is your favorite killer across the franchise? That's such a good question. Okay. I I do think, okay, so my favorite killer is probably Emma, just because like, Mm. like gay, like it's fun. Like honest to God, Scream 4 has its faults, but Emma's a good ass time in those final 30 minutes. Does it go on too long when they get to the hospital? I think so. Yeah. Exactly. Stat, 
Stop. <clears throat> no, I don't acknowledge. No. But I do think my actual favorite killers, I don't know names, you know this, but are the two in the first movie. Mm, um, yeah, yeah. Billy. Because it gets so... That final 15 in the house with the blood everywhere, the screaming, the, the spit coming out of mouths yeah. is like really a lot, but it's... Yeah. I'm not going to say it's queer, but I'm just going to say it's a little like homoerotic-ish. Yeah. 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 And my favorite kill... I don't think this counts, but I mentioned it already. The sound booth, like the, oh, kind yeah, of the, yeah. the fake kill of um, Dewey, uh, Dewey, that whole sound booth scene mm. is so beautifully done. Yeah. And I don't often look at the screen movies for cinematography, but there is a moment where it's just very quiet. It's very eerie. Yep. It's and uh Courtney does this really great job of just genuinely making you feel, and obviously they loved each other in real life Mm. at that point, but very devastated by that death. And you take it very seriously where even if Dewey's like, for me, not my fucking favorite character (laughs) at all, but you feel it. And also it's just, it's also, I just love a really inventive setting for a kill and a sound booth in scream where no one can hear you. And it's also like, I guess movie referenced. I just in sound that. booth. No one can hear you scream. Alien. My next. My next tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> uh, same question for you, dear. Um. Okay. I am not going to repeat your answers, even though I do agree with a couple of them. So I'll just you say, can. You can. La Debbie or Lori Metcalf in mm-hmm. Scream Two. I think while the idea of her character is a little preposterous, like uh, yeah, not believable to me. Cause like, oh, you just lost weight, but you're Billy's mom. Wild. <laughs> like that is kind of dumb, but I do like it as well because it kind of ties to almost like a Friday the 13th, um, Mrs. Voorhees moment and her performance. Like Laurie Metcalf is just, she always understands what is required of her when it comes to these sort of characters and she kills it. So I think I'm going to go with her. Let's talk about what they don't want out there. And exactly. that's also opposite of Courtney on one of the biggest sitcoms of that time as well. Roseanne still mm-hmm. goes and does a horror movie and then is revealed as a killer. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. When she steps out of that door with that gun in her hand, she goes, this is about to become cinema. What's Babes. your favorite kill? Um, oh, there's something about Sarah Michelle Gellar's, which I really love in the second one. Very good. I forgot. <laughs> but also, I really love that opening scene with Jada Pinkett Smith. I quoted that last week where I told Sashin, can you read just one issue of Entertainment Weekly? Because he didn't get a reference that I said. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you can leave a number for him to call to get out of this relationship. <laughs> but that's where, like, it's so weird. We're like, Scream 2, obviously that opening isn't as iconic as the first one in terms of, like, an opening as a whole, but it mm-hmm. still is. Yeah, it's not as tense, but it's thrilling. Like it's thrilling. It's quotable. Or I, I'm going to quote them wrong, but like the Sandra Bullock line, the Entertainment Weekly yeah. line. Also, because of Scary Movie Two, I always think of the bathroom scene as the Scary Movie Two oh. bathroom scene, oh, which yeah. has been tough. <laughs> Heather Graham having a cameo playing Drew iconic Bar- Drew Barrymore. Yeah, and um, then and Jada's Tori great. Scully. Like that final scream that Jada lets out on that yep. stage. 
And then the smash cut to the Scream 2 title. And the way that it just kind of like lingers on her dead body. It's great. Well, that's that's what's really like, not iconic, I have to stop saying that, but like great about Scream 2. And even the celebrity of it is quite Mm -hmm. much, but you don't watch it with like, it's 1990, it's 1998 and they have Julia Roberts opening yeah. Scream 2. That would have been preposterous yeah. just in terms of the fame of it all. But I mm-hmm. think Jada Pinkett, huge star at that time. And then to double up on that with SMG, the biggest, mm-hmm. one of the biggest TV stars at that moment, yeah. giving us Omega, Beta, Zeta, Zeta. Kill, mm-hmm. Mama. You've also got like little side characters like Portia de Rossi and Rebecca Gayhart playing two completely random sorority sisters who I still quote when they go, hi. No, I really do mean that. Hi. Hey, Cindy. And I wish the line from the trailer for Scream 2, it's it's time, girlfriend, made it to the actual (laughs) cut because that is so stupid. We, I have to credit uh, our dear friend Connor, I think, who put that on Twitter last year. And mm-hmm. I just was like, how is this real? And yeah. yes, it should be. It should be time, girlfriend. It's time, girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like just the second one has the kills for me. It's got the tense sequences, like the sound booth, the bit in the car when they have to crawl over the lap. Yeah. Like, it's just so good, and it never lets go. I will say that Scream 2 has one of my least favorite scenes in the franchise. I already know is, what you're going to say. You know I what I'm going to say? I think I love you. So oh, so. no. Oh. That I hate. But also Nev's uh, uh, stage, oh my the God. play. <laughs> yeah, so random. But maybe I, I stand it because it's so I, weird. Yeah, it's going on our next YouTube yeah. <laughs> night playlist. <laughs> That that scene was us at your birthday. Oh, that literally was us. Just uh, like chaos. But yeah. like, I always look at it and I'm like, well, I understand that Nev's character, Sydney, is wanting to become an actress. Yeah. But why? She doesn't need friends. She needs fame. As her hey, niece Emma. would eventually say. I don't know. Yeah, that's a weird, that's a good question. Also, the family lineage part of Screen 4 is always just tough because, like, why would a cousin want to kill? Like, of course, it's probably existed in very dire, odd real-life circumstances, but they were looking for a blood connection, truly. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then she wanted to get rid of that blood connection. (laughs) 4 also has that really random choice of having... Jill's mom, who was supposed to be played by Lauren Graham, but then Lauren Graham dropped out and then was placed by, oh my God, I forget her name, but who gets like literally three lines in the whole thing is weird and then gets stabbed through a mail slot. Lauren Graham on top of Adam Brody, on top of Hayden Payne in the ass, on top Mm -hmm. of Anthony Anderson, Anthony uh, Anderson on top of one of the, uh, Macaulay Culkin brothers. Yes. Yeah. Kiernan. Kiernan Culkin. That weird like, blonde. Um, Marley Shelton. Not weird Is blonde. she the one Lovely who dies girl. in the bedroom across from Jill's? No, that's random uh, actress. I can't remember her name, but Olivia. 
I always take that kill so tough. I really like that kill because it just goes ham with it. Same. It's probably the best kill in the movie and one of the best in the series for me. But I I didn't care about the character because we got five minutes with her beforehand, if that. That's my issue with it. And also, there is a scene in Scream 4 that now I've seen it so many times that it doesn't really bother me anymore, but it's the, when Hayden picks up Jill and that lady you just mentioned and they're driving. Not lady, does, she's literally a fellow classmate <laughs> in high school. She's 25. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> they have to stop at the stop sign because Jill, um, Hayden's character almost goes through it and there's like a jump, a jump scare with a horn. Yeah. It's such an offensive jump scare that it almost just takes away from the scream of it all because there are jump scares throughout the franchise, but mm. they're never so. I, maybe cheap. I, I'm. They're never. That's so cheap. Yeah, it's budget. I think this conversation is actually turning my opinion on Scream Four. <laughs> I think that if you rewatch it again, the Emma Roberts of it all will help. I've seen it ten times. It should have just really ended. Sydney's dead. And like have it end with Jill being alive and what a dark ending, but I would celebrate that. I would really respect that. Okay, that's actually what we need to talk about here Mm -hmm. because I forgot her name. Oh God, I'm having a tough day. No. Courtney Cox. No, it's, um, (laughs) fuck. Oh my God. No, uh, stop, stop, stop. Jamie Lee Curtis is in Halloween. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, Lori. Okay. okay. Yeah. Lori being alive for that long, I'm kind of fine with because everyone else dies around Lori, mm-hmm. but like she, for the most part, is not for the most part. She's always alive in well, the plus, films yeah. that she's in. Plus, the 2018 one was basically just like, forget everything that happened after the first movie. Nothing happened, period. Which is tough. Mm-hmm. And it retcons everything, but that's fine. Where here it's three characters who never die yeah and that's fine because they are the trio and Mm -hmm. it's a scooby gang kind of and they are the center of the films and people die around them but like you just said Mm -hmm. sydney should have died already yeah like how many motives can people have against this poor woman at this point and also like no shade against nev oh no fantastic let her go let her go let her live her life. That's what I want for five. I don't want them to be the main characters. I'm ready for, if you're going to like try Scream again, we are not, by the way, acknowledging the TV series. We're not. Oh God, no. We don't. I pretend I do not see it. But yeah. If you're going to try and launch into this, like, and I feel like this is what they're going to do. I don't think that like the trio is going to be the heart of this film. I think that they're a little bit smarter than that. And I think that they're going to be utilized, but they're not going to be the anchor. I mean, I'm just so interested because Ready, Ready or Not is as crazy as it is and also arguably a commentary on like uh, class, but also mm-hmm. like a horror, the horror genre as a whole, kind of yeah. like the final girl of it all and that kind of stuff. So I am incredibly uh, uh, interested to see how, like you're saying, because honestly, I love them. I I can watch uh, Courtney play Gail forever, but mm-hmm. I want to go in and I want, oh, fuck. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's say the three of them die in the opening. That's tough, but good. Tough, but I would, I would live with it. And 
I would go for no with one, an open mind. They don't earn their ending at the end of Scream 4, I would say, maybe. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, they're just like smiling in the hospital and like, mm, my next book. Like, mm-mm. There's that iconic line that Nev sends at the end of four where <laughs> when she does the clear, <laughs> before mm-hmm. she does the clear on Emma's character, on Jill. Yeah. Clear. <laughs> clear. <laughs> clear. Like all three of them say clear. Buddy. Um, I think <laughs> we didn't. Like do anything but we did everything we did everything on the scream series if you want more scream series <laughs> chatter we could probably do this all day i think for the next few weeks on this we're going to kind of just address not address we don't have anything to address <laughs> but talk about <laughs> you know, there's a few things um we're going to talk about just like stuff for the month of October, just like horror movies. Obviously Josh will get weird and freaky with his picks. I'm going to go a little like you can expect the practical, practical magic. magic of it all, of course. Yep. <laughs> yep. We're wearing a craft t-shirt, by the way, I see. That's tough. <laughs> um, but yeah. But also we will be, I'm excited to see when this trailer for Scream 5 comes out because I feel like it's going to come out in the next couple weeks. And we will discuss if we watch. I don't know. Should we watch the trailer? Should we not watch the trailer? I don't know. I want to. And I also think it's going to be attached to Halloween Kills because that makes the most sense. I think you're very right. I think um, I'm right. Before we leave, did you want to talk anything Housewives-ish? Oh my God, yes. You know what? That's nice. Um, last week's Beverly Hills was infuriating. And I still think okay, we're, the season's good. Josh has had this already on the podcast before. I do think we've wrapped up all the major yeah. storylines that we have. And now we're just on a... I'm not going to say it's a fun trip they're not on their trip yet but just like they're where they are they're staying at the world's most haunted hotel there's no other guests it's dated they're the only ones on the property scares me it scares me not enough people are talking about dorit and garcelle and i'm gonna lump kyle into this gaslighting sorry not garcelle dorit lisa and kyle gaslighting garcelle Mm-hmm. into a conversation about this mishigash of not being open and fucking honest. Yeah. And then Garcelle crying about her experience as a black woman and then parlaying that into this group experience. And then the audacity of Jerry, Kyle and Lisa being like, Oh, thank you. Thank you. That was so beautiful. Thank you for that. Kyle having that confessional being like, I love seeing Garcelle like this because, and I was like, you should never really love to see your friend get pushed to the fucking brink that they're in tears at the dinner table. Maybe she doesn't like half of you. And she said that she, I have ice in my mouth right now. I'm disgusting. (laughs) She likes some of them more than others, but it was just really tough. And It really, we've said, I think people are saying this a lot right now. Lisa has served her purpose on the show. Mm -hmm. I don't know what that purpose is anymore. Yeah. Yeah. She's going to have to do something a little bit different, do something a little bit more unexpected because that was hard to watch. That was hard to take in. 
it was hard to watch. It was hard to make it okay, even. And I hope it's addressed at this four-part reunion, which I'm going to let you take because well, I know I your thoughts. Know, like, I, for one, I literally thought the finale was going to be this week and then the reunion would start next week. But I guess not because the finale is not this week. Maybe it's next week. I don't know. They keep adding episodes. And I'm just like, I want to get to the reunion. I want to I want to get into here and see what's actually shaking out. Because now more rumors are coming out about the taping. Like apparently Erica and Andy got into a screaming match, which I am not going to believe right now. I don't believe that either. I don't think Andy would scream at Erica. Personally. Well, it was fighting match. I don't know if he screamed. I, there's a level of prof- professionalism. Yeah. I'm, I can't speak. <laughs> I would believe Andy is uh, like astute enough to not yeah. yell at the cast members, even if you don't agree with Erica that much. Exactly. I do feel like, I mean, they had that weird headache moment several mm-hmm. reunions ago, which was very tense for everybody. Yeah. I will say what Josh said or didn't say yet, but. I, I will watch all four parts. There is quite a lot to address. I would actually be rather okay with three parts and one of them yeah. just being 90 minutes. Like that's yeah. actually good for me. I think that's what Potomac did too, right? Last season. I think so. But mm-hmm. let's really jump into what we oh. really want to talk about today. <laughs> Truly one of the greatest episodes of Potomac or Housewives maybe even was that episode that just aired like and I admittedly still think that the season is not that great for Potomac standards they're still doing their jobs mostly but it's not been my favorite but this episode fantastic everyone did their job everyone showed up the editors the best in the game these editors need to be on every housewife series because this production company like knows what they're doing with this city it's it's interesting because I rewatched it because I it was hysterical, obviously, mm-hmm. but there was so much happening that it was so good that it warranted a second watch, but I want to yeah. pick up on more. And someone had tweeted this, that it's kind of like, you know, like the editors match the show. Mm-hmm. So I would, I'm just interested. I'd be fascinated to see where this happens elsewhere, but like besides like New York in its prime, and I'm going to like say what some people already said, like, I'm going to say Potomac is passing New York in its prime at this point in terms Mm -hmm. of like people showing up to do the work across the board. Yeah. Because that, the episode as a whole was great, but that whole portion at Giselle's lawn. Classic. It was cinema. (laughs) We, it was, this is when housewives works the best. It's setting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> much like in New York, the episode where they are all in the bus, it opens in the bus, it opens at the foyer. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. We're in Giselle's fucking lawn. Yeah. And then the editing, basing it around Karen's view because of, Vaccine because she was side vaccinated. Vaccinated. <laughs> it was just like, it opens with Ashley driving and screaming, which is like <laughs> the funniest thing to me. <laughs> yeah. The horror edit of Candace walking in. The like the sound effects that would play when they cut to like balloons being dragged across the lawn by the wind. <laughs> and anytime that they would just cut to the whole house front in general. Like there was a moment where they were talking about Candace's music video and Giselle said, well, it wasn't a parking lot. So that's a bit budget. And then it just cut to their setup at her house in the moment for like one second. And I was like, the editors know what they're doing. It's an all-time best Housewives episode. Like, that is an episode that will be on repeat, that you will go back to, that we will talk about for years to come. Like, Mm -hmm. that is iconic. And 
Potomac does when, like, I love Beverly Hills. We've had so many iconic moments, but few and far between is it genuinely hilarious. Mm -hmm. And they're not comedy queens, although I know Lisa fancies herself to be one. Mm -hmm. The fucking comedy that was genuinely coming out of it, even without the edits, was so funny. Yeah. And again, like, all of the women, including even Escala, were contributing in a way that was, like, I don't even care who's right and who's wrong. I truly do not. I'm I couldn't care less watching everybody just contribute to this classic episode. The uh, I just I loved it. It's it's an all time best episode. Even Giselle's daughters contributed in a way that I really appreciated. The like you texted me the smash cut to them moving Grace behind Candace's the wheel, screaming <laughs> right after Candace is going like, can she can she drive though? Oh yeah yeah. <laughs> Two weeks ago, completely unhinged behind the wheel. It's just, it's so good. It's good. Um, I think that's really it. I know yeah. Salt Lake is happening. Yeah. I'm I'm here with the season. I know you are too. Like we're yeah. with it. We're not full stands, but like mm-hmm. I kind of have to stand um, Meredith freaking out at the, the, the land of ice. Yeah. <laughs> the ice fishing or whatever. Yeah. It's, It's fine, and I like it, and I'm watching it, and it's hard to come right after such an amazing episode of Potomac. That was a mistake. Well, that's the thing. Nothing right now that's on is bad. Yeah. Beverly Hills, all-time best season. Potomac, all-time best episode ever. Salt Lake City, really strong second season. Mm. And you don't watch, but I watched it. I thought the premiere of Pump Rules was, like, really strong. Oh, good. Really refreshed. Everyone came ready to fight, which I love, Mm -hmm. but we're going to hit a part of October. That's going to be really crazy where it's like Beverly Hills reunion, Mm -hmm. Potomac still on Salt Lake city, probably getting to like the gen stuff. Mm -hmm. Mama, It's going to get, it's going to get a little wild. It's going to get crazy. Crazy. Yes, indeed. (sighs) That's pretty much about it. I mean, obviously today's podcast is dedicated to the, new marriage of Amanda Batula and Kyle his last name you know Kyle Cook oh Cook okay that was my that I was know, my Jordan moment I know no one's name but I know, <laughs> Kyle know Kyle Cook's Cook. last name that does not surprise me that's tough that's tough but um you know what's never tough chatting with you shut up <laughs> and on that note I wish you a good night Jordan I wish you one too, Josh, and I hope you have an amazing week. Thank you. Talk to you next time. Bye, bestie. Bye. (laughs)